Hello, family, and welcome back to the Explore the Extraordinary podcast. My name is Betty, and today I'm joined by Lamar. And Lamar is a spiritual experiencer. I heard his story on the Jeff Mara podcast. I was totally blown away. I reached out, and he was willing to serve our community here at IAMS, and I'm really excited for that. So I'm going to toss it right over to you, Lamar. Thanks for your service. Yeah, no problem. Um, I'm going to start with... um just my NDE portion. There's other to it, but we can get into that uh, maybe another podcast. Um, so with me, I have like a, a career in law enforcement and we work a lot of hours and it is very exhausting at times. And unfortunately with me, I have a sleep apnea. So, you know, whenever I'm laying on my back, I'm, my my wife at the time would always give me an elbow and tell me things like, you're not breathing, wake up and roll over, you know? So I was always aware of it. Um, and she would actually at times watch me not breathe for like seconds on end, um, which was kind of scary thought. Um, so there was this one particular night I got off of work and I'm in bed and I go to sleep. Everything is fine. And I'm, I'm dreaming a normal dream, which is weird because I, I really didn't pay attention to the dream. But um, while I'm dreaming in bed, the dream was interrupted. Like when I mean interrupted, like it came to an abrupt stop and my spiritual eyes opened. That's the best way that I could describe the, the transition process or your proverbial death process, whatever that may be my spiritual eyes open and I woke up in a space, literal space. Um, but it like, it was a confine of my space. I don't know if it was maybe the setting of the position I was in bed or what have you. I just woke up in pure space and I could tell you the moment I woke up is the moment I had the thought. I said, Oh no, to myself, um, I'm dead. Um, which now thinking back on it, how could you be dead if you're telling yourself, oh no, you're dead. And um, so I, I took that in immediately for whatever reason, I didn't freak out. Like it's um, it's the space that I was in, it was like, okay, space. Immediately it was tailoring itself around my emotions how I was processing things. And I could see in either direction as I'm looking around, there's like stars, there's planets, there's galaxies, there's this whole cosmos. Um, and I'm just fascinated by it. And I think I got a glimpse of Earth. Like, like it's like Earth in a view where I've never seen it before. Not like how NASA has it, where you can see it from the moon. Um, and I thought to myself instantly, and I think it was more so of a, um, I'm going to uh, uh, chalk it up as a life review. Um, I thought to myself instantly, oh my God, how come you didn't go do that? Why didn't you do those things that you planned to do when you were on earth? You signed up for it. You told me you were going to go do this. And I just felt so bad about why I didn't do it. And kind of like some of the people that I've came across and didn't tell them things that I wanted to tell them. 
and I'm absorbing all that. And while I'm saying this, it's like I'm saying it from a higher self, like I'm talking down to myself. Um, And it, which I always say to people, I didn't know that there was a me inside of me. And no matter how I say that, it doesn't make sense to others, but it's like a duality of two of me. There's a physical me and there's a spiritual me. And I was not reprimanding myself, but I was very heavy on judging myself. And I think at that time, the download started. You know, that was the time where everything was coming back like, I should have done that. You signed up to do this. You never even paid attention to that. Why would you not do that? Like, what was holding you back? And and so I started to beat myself up. But then, like, during the process of that, this blanket of love, like, encapsulated me. It threw, like, this blanket of love. I don't want to say it was an entity or a person because um, I'm not sure of that. But whatever it was, it engulfed me with love and told me, that it was all going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Everything is fine. It's, it was just reassuring. And it was tailoring itself to me like a custom suit. Um, it, it knew everything about me, my beliefs, what I loved, who I was, how I was as a person. And that was all okay. It didn't judge me for any of that. And that's about the time where I started perceiving myself in like this, um, I guess like a spherical sphere or this 360 degree perception of my consciousness. And it, it, me, um, I started to feel the expanse of my consciousness, like how big I truly was. It's very hard to explain, but I can perceive everything around me as if like a third person avatar of me, but everything around me that encapsulate my consciousness. I was it. I was aware of it. I was, I am that type. And even that's kind of hard to explain. But um, whenever I would like take this, I know I didn't have a body or lungs, but when I would take this breath, I would, I would, I would inhale and everything would contract around me. Like space would follow me and like collapse itself into me. And when I exhaled, everything would kind of go back to space. And I would get like bigger and bigger and bigger. And I felt like I could just stretch out and finally like show my true self or be my true self. There was no ego. There was no sense of uh, holding a grudge. Um, And then that's when I really started taking things in. And I was so mesmerized. And it was so demanding of my attention that I didn't even think about, you know, my wife at the time, my twin brother, my kids, my friends, my family. They didn't, it's like the earth life didn't even like not exist, but I wasn't tuned to that anymore. My vibration, my frequency was that of a different plane. That earth uh, vibration was of a different reality. And so um, I'm not even engaged in that anymore. But what I am engaged in is the space that I'm at. And it was so real. Um, Like the death process was so instantaneous, so real that it was quicker than the blinking of an of quicker than the blink of an eye. And I'm already in this um, 
this in-between is what I call it. I, I wasn't truly dead and I wasn't truly with the physical. There was like this waiting ground um, where I think majority of people go before they truly die. Um, but it was so real to the point, the emotions of it, like I've never sensed emotion like it before. It was just overwhelming. And I, it was just like, wow, I am more to myself. There's more to me than what I thought. And when I got this glimpse of earth in the, in the, in the foreground or the background, however you want to say it, it was a sense of loss. Like I was a drop in the ocean and the drop was taken away. Now the ocean is just a, you know, a drop less of itself. But if you were to put me back into that ocean, I would become a part of it, the connectivity of like uh, of humankind, of mankind. And I thought, oh, my God, we're so connected. We're all on the same journey. And if I had only known, I would have been so much nicer to people or I would have not have taken it for granted that we are all into the same thing. We're all like merging to be the same. Like I never had a sense of family or connection until I was on the other side. And I felt so bad for myself and, and everyone else left on earth. Like I'm leaving them behind. Like I'm abandoning the, 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 the team that's still out there going for it. Um, and about that time, I, um, I, I say, I wanted that. I looked down to my feet. I wrote notes. Um, um, so perception is different on the other side. When you have a body, you know you can look at your feet. I can look at my hands. You know, I can some some sort of um, degree of uh, direction. I want to say that I looked at my feet in space, although that's not accurate. But below me, there was this, um, oh God, it was like a glass tube or a tunnel. And I could see that it stretched from this side of the cosmos to that side of the cosmos. And there was a vapor in there going um, to my left. And you can physically, like, I could visually see the vapor going through the tunnel. Excuse me. And I thought to myself, oh, wow, like, like kind of like, what's that? It looks like a tunnel. Due to your curiosity... On the other side, things work. You don't tell yourself, I'm going to travel to the tunnel, like how we do in the physical. I'm going to walk to the refrigerator. I'm going to walk to my bedroom. I'm going to drive here. And you have to physically do those things. There, you just think about it, and instantaneously, you're, you're there. You're doing it. So I thought about the tunnel, and instantly, in that moment, it placed me in the tunnel. And as real as I'm talking to you right now, this is how the experience was. There was no warmth. There was no cold. Like everything was neutral. And I'm in the tunnel and I thought to my, like I'm having these conversations with myself. Um, um, oh my God, this is what they must talk about when, they, when people that uh, transition, they must talk about this as the tunnel. This is what they see when they, uh, when they die. But for me, it was different. It, it, it wasn't bright per se, but I could feel my, my, my soul and my energy merging in with the tunnel. And it just shot me off through the cosmos. Um, and I'm just in 
I'm just in this tunnel and we are like going at a, like a miraculous rate. And I can look off to the side and I can see like all these other planets and the stars and the galaxies. And it's just shooting me while I'm in the tunnel. I'm being, it's downloading more information of my former um, or my true self. I'm getting all this information and I started remembering like my life purpose, my goals. Um, and I wouldn't say them out loud. I would just acknowledge them that, yeah, that was my life purpose or my life design. Um, for whatever reason, I can tell you I knew it, but coming back, it will not, it, it did not allow me to retain what exactly it was. It was like, you still have to play the game if you're, if you're going back. We cannot give you that information. But we can give it to you now because you're at your home, so to speak. But when you go back, we, we, we can't give it to you. And I was just acknowledging all these things about myself. And as I'm going through the tunnel, I am just like up and down these like fictitious, I want to call them hills and valleys and right when I get to like the precipice of one, the exhilarating of like this energy of like love hits you and you're going down and around. Um, and then my tunnel, I can see off in the distance, this like glowing globular planet-esque. And even then I, I still don't have words for it, but I know I'm going there. And I, it, to me, it feels like home. Um, and I'm rounding this curve and I'm going there. Well, it's it's huge, um, uh, probably a billion times bigger than our sun. It's huge. It's massive. And the colors that it would display and the colors around the area it would display, I've never seen the colors before. I was. I remember being so caught up in the emotion that the, the colors were given. Not that they were different colors. That was one thing. But the emotion that they would express, like emulate, it just, they were alive. Like these colors had life to them. And I'm looking at the colors and I promise you, I could have spent all of eternity just looking at colors because they were new to me and they had like so much demanding attention. Um, and it was just overwhelming. So as I'm going to this whatever planet, um, this globular mass that's pulsating all this color and expressing all this love, whatever it is, I'm going. And if you ever watch Star Trek, they always say, like, beam me up, Scotty, and they particleize up or they just go wherever they go. Well, it felt like my... It's not my body, but my energy was being particleized out. And it felt like it was coming straight from like the solar plexus, from the chest area. And it was going to funnel and cone out. Um, and I'm, I remember just saying, I'm just going to give in to it and just go because there was really no like fighting it. So I just like, like my energy kind of just relaxed and it just gave up. Well, just before all of me or my essence were, um, before it was going to merge with this uh, planet, it felt like this giant hand. I mean, this hand was huge. 
And I'm calling it a hand because when it came back to my soul body, that's what it felt like. But it felt like it gathered all that up and brought it right back into my chest. And it didn't say a word. There was no words given. It was all through expression. It was like, it's it's not your time. I can't have you or we can't have you go here. It's You're not ready. Um, so it like stopped me at a cold stop. And it was at that moment when it was like telling me that I, I'm not ready and I couldn't go. It was at that moment I had this sense of like a letdown. Um, I like to put it as if a kid, you know, your parents tell you you're going to Disneyland and you build it up for the whole school year. In summer, the road trip starts, you're going to Disneyland and it's fun. You're having a great time. You get up to the ticket booth and they go, ah, you can't come in. You're not tall enough or you're not old enough. And you can imagine that kind of a disappointment of not being accepted and not being let in as like a kid. It's like heartbreaking. But I think it was telling me or I was telling it I wasn't ready because now that I've had time to think about it, right at the very beginning of my um, transition, I was instantly down on myself on saying, how come I didn't do that? Why didn't you do that? You were supposed to do this. You told us you were going to do this. This is why you wanted to come here and fulfill your purpose. Why haven't you done it? Um, but I'm making it seem like it was horrible and, and upset and bad, but it wasn't. It was more of a concern. Like, we're concerned about you. Are you wanting to do this? Do you want to have this experience? And I think because I was so torn on that, whatever the presence was, it it knew and I never had a, a dialogue or I never had a choice or a conversation with this presence. It just knew everything about me. And through expression, it just says, you're not ready. If you go beyond this point, you will not come back. We can't bring you back. So there was a finite um, uh, threshold. Um, and I didn't have a choice to say, you know what? I don't want to go back. I just want to go. It, they didn't give me it. I hear a lot of indie ears say that they had a choice. Well, I never had a choice. It was just, it, it was the way it was. It is the way it is. And this is the, this is where you stop. So it, it, um, and there's a lot of things that it expressed to me. I just can't really remember, but I knew it loved me and it just felt sorry for me. I could feel like the empathy it gave me. And it just pushed me back. But I went back faster than when I got there, which I didn't even think that was even possible. And I'm just going back. And then I feel this falling sensation. And as I'm going back, everything is like a blur. It's like um, everything is being stripped away from me. The love, the blanket, the download. And I feel myself going back into a human state of mind. And it pushes me back into my body. And I remember taking the deepest breath of my life when I came back to my body. I gasped so loud, set up, profusely sweating. Um, my fingertips were a little like cyanotic, like kind of bluish. 
um, disoriented. Uh, wife at the time walks in. She looks directly at me and goes, oh, you had an experience, didn't you? And I was because she knows the experiences I've had before the near death experiences. Um, and I said, yeah, and she could tell this like, you know, I'm I'm I have melanin. I'm black by color. And she says I was just pale, like there was no blood in my body pale. Um, and I remember just covered in sweat. And I told her instantly, I said, I died and I just came back. And I had the sense of time of wanting, like, how long I was gone, have no, it felt where I was, like, where I was at, it had to have been at least, like, from my point of view, weeks, I don't know, months, because I spent so much time in this place. I'm just giving you the, like, the synopsis of it all, but it was so much more than that, that I can't even explain, because we don't have a human, human vernacular for this, you know, I'm just trying my best to give you what I perceived and what was real to me. So when I was back, um, I can tell you that I had, which I really never even told anybody. Um, my brother, I went a little bit into it with Jeff Mars podcast, but my brother, um, the wife at the time, my mother, I came back with some like hardcore depression. Um, the imprint that the other side gives you is like a blessing. And every time I go back and talk about this, emotionally, I can feel where I was at. Like it brings everything right back to you. It encapsulates you. And it's so emotional. The connection that I had to the other side to hear, and, I don't, and don't get me wrong, I love life. Life is beautiful. The physical life is gorgeous. I know you know, sort of my purpose now. But if if the other side came to me in whatever form and said, are you ready? Even if I wasn't ready, I'm going, I'm leaving. It's and it's not like it's a decision to be had or made. It's instantly, yeah, I'm going back home. That's the connection on how strong it is. You're willing to leave all this behind, all your friends, your family, the people you love, behind just to go back home because I wasn't ridiculed there. I wasn't looked at different. I wasn't um, um, judged 24-7. There was just an instant connection of just love. And so I've, I've dealt with the, the depression on my own only due to the fact with my curious nature, my police nature, I would like to say sometimes that I had to investigate. I had to say, hey, is there someone else out there that, that's had this experience? Is there anyone out here that's uh, like me? And that's when I think I've found, um, is it Raymond Moody? I'm, I think I'm, and I found Ions and I found um, other people's story, Jeff Mars podcast. I found all these other people and I knew then I wasn't alone. So that for me was validating. So yeah, it really kinda... let me. I want to ask a couple of questions if that's okay. And, and yeah, it's go kind of going down the same route that you're already talking about the, the integration process, right? Because mm -hmm. that, that spiritual depression that you're talking about, I think a lot of experiencers have the same experience where, you know, you come from this state of complete bliss and love, and then you're kind of like shoved back down into the 
wet, dark dankness of the earth experience. And, you know, that integration process can be really challenging. And so I hear you saying that you found other people and that's, that's huge. And I heard you mention a little bit about purpose as well. So I'd love to kind of get your take on, were there books that helped you? Was there like a mentor that showed up in your life and, and things like that? Tell us more about the integration process. Um, well, coming back to my body, it was like, yeah, like you said, the dankness. I just remember all the stress and the emotions of the world and all my worries. Those all came back instantly and it was just horrible because I knew it wasn't me. But as far as finding um, a mentor or something like that, I really just looked at um, um, like Peter Fenwick was a, another good book that I've, I've read, read um, finding uh, just watching other people's story was was help that I needed because I think I was just lacking the sense of being alone and there's no one out there that can understand what I went through you know um, people will chalk it up chalk it up to oh this guy's crazy you know and I don't want to put myself out there as a law enforcement officer what am I going to do am I going to go to my chief and be like I need to go talk to our shrink I died and came back and experienced that we're all one and connected and you know it's it, it it doesn't work that way so I found I found podcasts, I found Ions, I found YouTube, I found Jeff Mara. And even then I had reservations with telling my story for the first time until I've read comments to see how other people were being um, looked at through commenters. So I found help through people watching these shows by what they leave from comments to build up the trust and the vulnerability that I was about to put myself through. So I, in essence, I found my own humanity to help me, um, not not just one person. Wow, that's so interesting. I've never heard that reflection before because there's mm-hmm. some podcasts where people are real mean in the comments. So Jeff yeah. Barra usually has like a good crowd of people who are like very um, understanding, but there definitely are people out there who can be very condemning. What, what's your experience been like with that? Have you experienced people calling you names or saying that you're crazy or have you felt rejected since sharing your story? Um, well, I'm not in law enforcement anymore, but I'm used to dealing with people of a negative nature. Um, but even then I would try to help them. I, I honestly, now that I'm out of my proverbial shell, I don't really adhere to what people think anymore. It's like now I don't I don't have time to sit and worry about that anymore. Even if they felt one way or another about my story or they didn't believe it. You know, that's fine because I've, you know, I'm I'm to a, a place now in my life where everybody's at where they need to be because that's where they need to be spiritually. If you don't believe in anything, that's fine. But just so you know, in my personal uh, opinion, it, whatever you don't believe in, believes highly in you and it loves you and it will never abandon you. And I'm kind of jealous of those who still live life. Maybe they're atheists and they don't believe in nothing. And that's fine. That just tells me that they're so wrapped into this physical life. That's where they need to be. And it's honestly ignorance is bliss in my point um and i'm no way saying no you know my story is a universal fact my story is just that it's just my story 
It was tailored to me. It was for me. And it's just my story. I'm giving you my story of what happened to me. Now, if you ask me, are some of the near-death process um, universal? I would have to say yes. From a lot of what I've looked into, you know, maybe the tunnel, the judgment, um, the overwhelming of love, the connection, the shedding of the ego. I, I find no matter what your denomination is or what your cup of tea is, it, you're still drinking the same fluid, you know, like it's still going to give you the same ride, but it's going to tailor itself around your personal beliefs. Wow. You know, when when I hear you talk about um that like saying that your story is not universal truth. I love that. To me, that is the epitome of healing, you know, mm-hmm. because and and to and to allow people to be where they're at in their journey. You know, like I don't mm-hmm. think that we're here to like quote unquote wake anybody up or like shake people and you know try to infiltrate them with our information. We have our information and if they are supposed to receive it, they're going to find us. And I love that you're saying that because I think that, you know, for me, after I came back from my experience, I wanted to tell the whole world like, oh, my God, Mm -hmm. guys, guess what? (laughs) The universe Mm -hmm. loves you. And I thought that it was my job. And, you know, really, that was just my ego's self-righteousness, just taking on Mm -hmm. this whole new form of self-righteousness. I thought that I was doing good by talking about positivity and, you know, manifesting and our thoughts and all this stuff. But that's not for everybody at you know, like wherever they're at in their journeys. So I really love that because for me, that's spiritual autonomy. That's freedom that I can allow another soul to have their process while I have mine and the people that I'm meant to find, we find each other and, and that's it. So that kind of surrender and release, I think that that's so awesome. And I think that 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 is the epitome of healing. Yeah. and And the bigger point too, is when I was on the other side, I don't know about you, I was still me. Like, I could still tell you a raunchy joke and I could still say things like a normal person. It didn't, the universe is so accepting, which I thought was also like the best thing ever. It accepted you for who you are, what you've learned on the earth realm and your personality that you bring back to it. Like, I could, I was still me. And I think I was afraid of that well before as a kid. I was like, you know, oh, we die, we go to heaven. Oh, do I have to like go play a heart or do I, am I going to be something other than me? Am I just going to like upgrade to this like Buddhist type? I want to be me. And the universe gave me that answer. It was like, no, no, we're going to accept you for who you are. And we're going to laugh at you. We're going to love you. And we're just going to be in awe of you. Like it's, there's no right or wrong on the other side. Hence the part where you just don't want to separate from it. Uh, But I will say this, it consumed my life. I could not stop thinking about it. I could not stop researching. I could not stop looking it up. I had to get some sort of separation from my experience to the physical life that I'm living now. Because I thought, oh, how unfair is this to my physical self? I can't spend my time in the afterlife when that's a finite thing. We will eventually be there at some point. In the whisper or the blink of an eye, we'll go back. But if I don't focus on the life at hand and know what heartache is, know what stress is, know what it's like to lose a loved one, know what it's like to get rejection, know what it's like to have love, 
have a friend, meet a new person, see how it connects. Um, integrate yourself back into the physical is where I have been now um, focusing my energy and allowing myself to feel again, like allowing myself to, um, you know, feel these emotions and, and they may, we may perceive them as bad, but we're able to at least feel these emotions of stress, you know, what a bad day is, or what we perceive a bad day to be. It's the point of it all. You know, we don't I feel like on the other side, we, that's not possible. Like I really do feel in the physical life, you know, we have to accept it all. You just can't take the good and deflect the, the rest. Like it's, it all comes in the same cornucopia of fruit. You know, you, you eat it all. And I yeah. think I'm really tuned into that now. That's so beautiful. How long ago was your experience? It was like right at the height of uh, COVID. So 2021. Oh, wow. Before I got yeah. the vaccine too. So You're super integrated for such a short amount of time. That's only three years ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, and you know, that insatiable thirst for knowledge, I think that that's something that happens when you awaken. And it doesn't even need to necessarily be from a near-death experience. You know, I know so many people that just have kind of like this, this awakening in this moment. And they now they want to know everything. Like they start to have conscious thoughts. Like, what are we doing here? What what does it mean to be a human? Like, what is Earth? And they start doing a bunch of diligent research to try to find out all of these different things. So I really love what you're saying. I I want to know if maybe you can share a little bit. You mentioned that you have a twin brother, and so and just your family in general. You said that your wife was like immediately accepting, like knew that you had an experience. But what was your experience like? with the rest of your family and friends once you kind of came out and said this this crazy thing happened to me maybe crazy is not the right adjective that i want to use but this this miraculous yeah. thing happened to me um so i don't have a long list of friends um first off there's only a handful a handful um my twin brother and i we have we have these shared experiences before my nde um i came home sleep deprived one day after work and I remember going to sleep and I remember waking up not feeling well rested. So I woke up, had a little breakfast, um, told my uh, my ex-wife then, you know what, I'm not feeling good. I'm going to go back to sleep. So I go back to, to sleep and I'm lying in bed and as and I'm like watching YouTube on my phone and then I turn it off. And then as I'm going to sleep, I hear this infinitely loud ringing in my ear. It's like deafening. And then my body starts to vibrate. Well, it turns out now after having so many of these experiences, my body never vibrates. I never even move. It's my, I would like to say, like a tuning fork. Um, my soul was probably vibrating inside of my, my body or my frequency was being elevated. Um, to the point where it was trying to escape the capsule that it was in. It's what I can best relate it. And I'm I'm not asleep and I'm kind of awake, but I'm able to have all my senses. And I start and and after the vibration stops and the and the ringing in my ear stops, I start hearing like these radio stations and frequencies coming through. And people talking and chattering in my ear, but I can't communicate back with them. 
And I'm thinking to myself the whole time, oh no, am I going crazy? I've heard about this. After a certain age, you can get schizophrenia. Like this is how coherent I am in this space. I'm able to, to like digest all these thoughts. And I, my brother and I call this space the in-between. So I've had, I'm going through like these different people talking. I hear actually NASA relaying information to a, a something about a capsule and about how it's, it's all working out there. And then I hear this radio station and the guy's name is Chad Clifford and he's out of South Bend, um, Chicago, Indiana area. And he's giving like the song that's coming up, the weather and all this. And I'm just thinking to myself, this is really strange. Well, then it, it kicks me into a dream and I have like this lucid dream and I wake up. So I remember the name Chad Clipper out of South Bend, the radio DJ or whatever. So I instantly like I got up and I Googled his name. And the first thing on the Google match was this guy's name, Chad Clipper out of the South Bend. He's a radio host. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, I'm just hearing radio stations. And I don't have like a radio in my room. I don't play the radio in my room. And um so I, th I thought, I'm going to take it further, and I am just going to play the soundbite that they had for the, for the website to see if it's even his voice. The name already kind of like validated things, but I had to hear the voice to see if it was him. So I click play, and he does like a 30-second little um, introduction, and it's the voice. And I'm blown away at this point. I explained it to my wife. I explained it to my brother. You know, how could this be? How could this person be over a thousand miles away and I'm listening to the radio station? I think at that time, it it shattered my paradigm as of what I perceive then to be real, like what humans could really do. It really tore my reality apart. Well, I tell my brother and he's just like, whoa, like what's going on? I don't know about do we want to go see somebody? Should we go? I didn't entertain that thought at all because I'm like deep into law enforcement at this time. This is 2017, well before my NDE. Um, so I tell my brother, he takes it all in. He's processing it. Two weeks later, he calls me up and he had an experience. And he goes on to tell me about the ringing in the air, the vibration. It all adds up. And he says that he was on like this gurney metal platform and he could hear a lady speaking to him um, and telling him um, as if he like invaded their space. The lady's saying, oh, my God, you're not supposed to be here. You're OK. You're fine. Don't worry about it. We're going to get you back. And he's like taking it all in like, who are you? Where am I? Like freaking out who are you where am i at like what do you mean it's fine and and they're trying to calm him down and he says that she's speaking to someone off in the distance and they're like trying to get him to do something and he comes back out of his experience and he wakes up so the fact that we talked about this together as twin brothers how we're already connected the twin thing how i just by mentioning my experience i kind of like gave it to him or whatever what was said sparked woke him up to be successful to the same gift so it kind of like now we both share this gift and we 
we still have it from time to time. We call them in-between episodes or we call them ear-ringing events because these are the symptoms you get when you know you're about to go into the in-between. Like there, you have these um, like sort of paths before you can, you have to take before you get to that perception. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, that actually opened something up for me that happened to me very similarly. So that is, and you know, it's just, it's incredible, like the twin dynamic. And then it's also incredible how by sharing about our spiritual experiences, doesn't need to be with a family member, could be with anybody, but we kind of open up other people's perceptions if they're open-minded. And obviously your twin brother would be open-minded to what you're saying because you guys have this immense trust with each other. But, you know, I, I, that's why I feel like it's so important to create conscious space and to really share boldly about our experiences because we don't know what we're going to open up in somebody else or like if somebody really needs that validation. So I want to thank you so much for coming on and being part of the podcast today. I want to see if there's anything else that you'd like to share to feel more complete about our time together. Um, Well, you know, um, I've always looked into audience, but never, I I don't know if that's just, it was difficult to get in contact with audience at the time, three years ago, maybe it's easier now. Um, But I told myself, oh, if they want to reach out and get a hold of me, the universe will make it happen. And here comes Betty um, knocking at the door. Like, the universe sent me. I'm here. Here we go. So just to know that the universe still gives us winks like that, and I'm, like, in tune to that, because you and I obviously know how the universe works. We have firsthand experience that, yeah, it's a blessing. It's the universe saying to us, look, you two morons, I can still do things like this for you, you know, just to keep you engaged. So, um, but I'm glad you reached out. And I guess I just want to keep telling my story as much as I can to just tell people that, um, like, we're all connected. We're not alone. We go through it. Even through our moments of depression, there's other people that are equally as depressed as you are or have it a little, maybe a little bit worse. Um, but that's okay. And everybody is right where they need to be. Um, whether you're a believer, non-believer, super religious, it doesn't matter. You're right where you need to be. You don't have to change people. Just tell your story. And if that is enough to change them, then they'll, like you said, they'll come along to that if they're open to it. it it's not our responsibility as experiencers to change the our responsibility to make the world a better place with the people that we interact with, whether it be one one by one or one at a time, because the world is what it is. It's the purpose of coming to Earth. Um, and we should just accept that and just do our best. And at the end of the day, I think that's what everybody here in the physical is doing. They're just trying to find their way and they're just doing their best. And so we just got to support it and just tell them that we love them, you know? I, you know what? I've been telling a lot of strangers lately that I like, I love you. I know it sounds weird. You think I'm just like tree-hugging hippie foo-foo guy, but I'm telling you, outside of our bodies, this physical life, you have no idea how in love we are with, you know, with each other. And so I've early tried to express that to people. 
So that that's great. Well, I love you and thank you for being here. And I'm looking yeah. forward to collaborating more in the future. And I love that the universe used me as a little chess piece to make your manifestation come to fruition. <laughs> and and we don't know when that's happening. And so, yeah, just remaining right. open-minded to that is so cool. And right. um, again, I thank you so much and we'll see you next time. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm.